wrapping our hair in this series up with hair care. Y'all like what I did there? Wrapping our hair in series. Did you catch it? (laughs) But yes, this episode is dedicated to all things hair. And this by far is my favorite topic. Do you remember your personal hair journey? What made you to begin to really invest and appreciate the crown that you wear? I know for me, it began at age 15. I was a freshman at at ENS. Shout out to all my ENS family. Best high school in the city and it's not up for debate. <laughs> I noticed one of my classmates hair and how soft and shiny and long it was. She doesn't even put any chemicals into her hair. And in fact, her cousin was her stylist. So shout out to Sadia, better known as the ultimate hair stylist. She started doing my hair at 15. So then at 15, witnessing that you could very well have long hair as well as it being healthy and shiny, I was a believer, y'all. And at that moment, I decided to stop getting perms. I also convinced my entire family to stop getting perms and educated them on why and how it was imperative that we did. What was crazy about me getting perms back then? I was a competitive swimmer from the age of five all the way up until 15. Crazy, I know. All those chemicals destroying my hair, chlorine and the creamy crack. But, you know, we didn't know any better. It wasn't something that was taught to us in our communities and the church. Like it wasn't talked about at all. Speed up to the year 2015, 16. I was still perm free, but I did not have the right healthy hair knowledge on how to keep my natural chemical free hair growing. So shout out to the Curly Joe herself, all that family, y'all. You can purchase her hair and beard growth oil on the curlyjoan.com. Anyway. She persuaded me to join her new full out natural hair journey. And when I say natural, we talk about natural, natural, okay? (laughs) From watching YouTube videos to purchasing tons of essential and carrier oils and conditioners, I started. It was indeed an investment, but I'm so glad I invested. I was apprehensive at first because my hair was not as curly as hers. We have completely different textures of hair. I had 4B, 4C in the back, maybe a little 4A in the front. Like, it just wasn't the same. And in the beginning, it was rough. Okay, very rough. (laughs) And I don't know how to braid, so don't take my black car, y'all. Anyway, it helped working at an African center school at the time. So shout out to my Imani family. I love y'all all so much. It helped me to really embrace my hair and grow the confidence that I now have with wearing it curly. Now, I'm not going to hold y'all. Some days I woke up and took my flexi rags out and looked in the mirror like, what the hell? What is going on? 
And on those days, I would throw a head wrap on, put some hoops in my ear, and keep it pushing. So caring for your natural hair, watching it grow, admiring your curls as they become more defined, and your hair becoming softer is amazing to witness. My hair journey taught me patience as well as a deeper love for my roots. My natural hair journey has been teaching me how to fully embrace myself. The time and love that I pour into my hair is something that I know I can do, and I know how to do it very well. So good, people. I have a very, very, very special guest to introduce you to. I'm so excited. It's her spirit for me, y'all. Some of y'all may know her about her work, seeing her on the shade room killing the DMX hair challenge, and others may have read about her work through Essence Magazine as top 40 founders of Black-owned hair care brands that we should know. But I would like to informally introduce you to Miss Key, the owner of Deeper Than Hair and also the genius behind Sheer Genius Collection. Thank you, thank you, thank you for creating the time for me to interview you. Time is money, especially for you. So I'm forever grateful. No, thanks for having me. Yes, I thank God for this opportunity. Like I told you before, I prayed for this. Like this was nobody but God. So I'm like, I'm glad I was able to receive it. So welcome, Key. Welcome to Good Food, Good People Podcast, girl. Thank you. Hey, girl. (laughs) How have you been maintaining? You mean like through COVID and stuff or just life? Yeah, <laughs> yeah through COVID. Yeah. Girl, I've been I've been doing well. I, I'm grateful. I actually just put up a post yesterday that I wanted to pay one woman's rent for the month of September. And reading some people's stories has had me so emotional. Like it just made me understand how even more blessed I am at this moment to not be going through what some people are going through because it's really a rough moment in time for a lot of people and not just in our city or in a state or in our country. It's like global. So I'm just grateful to be in a good space and a good mental space too. And I really honestly blame it all on like being plant-based and like being super focused and centered in my life right now and being prayed up and being in therapy. And it just helps me stay level. Yes. Well, I mean, you answered kind of my next question. Like, what have you been doing for yourself? Like you mentioned therapy and plant-based. I'm striving to get to plant-based. Like right now I'm pescatarian. So I'm like, ooh, I still need a little meat. So how has that been? No, trust me. So August 11th may, would have been 11 years. I was pescatarian for almost 11 years. And then on January 1st, I decided to go fully plant-based. At first, it was like a something I just was going to try. I ended up loving it. And I'm plant-based keto, which puts me all the way in my own personal corner. You know what I'm saying? But I'm on like a personal journey to lose weight and do what I need to do just to make myself happier and more healthy. So I love it here. It, it definitely is one of those things that you have to be fully committed to because, you know, you're not always going to be motivated. So you got to be disciplined. Yes. I literally have a quote on my door key that says, you're not going to be motivated. You must be disciplined. And I have to yes. put that into existence because it's so hard. Like meal prepping is hard for me. So I'm like, I have to get organized and I have to be committed to mm-hmm. And you looking good, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel good. Like I feel even better than how it's starting to look. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So 
I spent all last year and the year before that, and honestly, the last three years for three totally different reasons, I spent in a really dark state of depression in January. You know, you know how people, when they start a diet, it's like, I'm starting Monday, I'm starting Monday or like January 1st, I'm starting on the 1st. It's weird because, you know, that was really the vibe. Like I'm starting on the first and mm -hmm. I didn't know if it necessarily was going to work. Just saying I'm starting on the first and doing it because depression doesn't work like that. When you're down, you're down and you can't just give a date that you're not going to be depressed anymore, you know. But then after I did it, I kind of realized that, yeah, you can kind of take charge and you can get on point with whatever you want to do and tell yourself how it's going to be. And you can pray your way out of a, a bad situation. It's not perfect and it's not going to be a perfect journey. But if you just believe and you work hard for it and you stay disciplined, you will get out of it. Yes. Yes. You know, I've been in therapy for two years. Depression brought me to therapy. Actually, mm -hmm. My ex brought, he was the vehicle that got me to therapy, but he ain't the reason why I'm still there. I like told my nephew, he asked me like, I area, what's therapy? And I was like, it's like a doctor for your brain. Like, you know how you, you go to the doctor mm. for your body. I said, that's how I look at therapy. Like sometimes I need help processing and then to have a Christian based therapist. I'm like, mm. oh, God sent you for me because. I needed you like, you know, sometimes right. your heart to mend your soul and therapy is like, it's been amazing for me. And I don't see myself ever without therapy. Right. Me either. Me either. I love healing. I thought it was going to be fun and it's not fun at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Girl, I so never realized how serious it was going to be in, in the, in the paths it was going to lead me through my past and, and mm -hmm. set me up from the future. But I love it because I know that it is getting me prepared to be the woman that I always wanted to be. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm definitely grateful for my therapist. She's really amazing. We meet every Sunday and it's just everything that I've ever needed because we were raised in a way to not believe that therapy is something that we needed, especially people of color. It's like black people. It's like, well, what? you know, even I've, I've asked, I begged my mom to go to therapy with me before. And she's like, I served the ultimate therapist. And, you know, she's talking about God and that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's what you truly believe. But my parents were both very broken individuals. And I know that therapy could have helped them reach back and figure out why their traumas have created them to be who they are today. But I'm in a moment where I'm just focused on breaking generational curses so that by the time I have my children, because it's like, I'm 37 and I'm like, I, I can't believe I don't have any kids yet. I, I really want a kid. It's to the point where I'm sitting here like, okay, I want a kid. But at the same time, I should heal myself and deal with all of my past traumas before I bring another human being into this situation. Because if I don't take care of me, then I'll end up putting all the trauma of my life onto my child like my parents did me. And their parents did them and their parents did them. So I'm grateful to be here. This is a perfect place. And as long as you're working on being better, it's nothing more you could be doing. Exactly. It's perfectly like well said. That self-work is that is the hardest work we will continue us to do in our entire life. And people don't get that. But it's like if you can muster up that self-work, that work ethic that's needed for yourself, you can do anything. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like every time I take charge of my life and I eat well and I work out every day and I, I'm in therapy and all of that, everything else just goes my way. 
every time I'm this disciplined, I'm as close to God as I can get, you know? And it's like, by the time you get in that space, everything goes your way. Like just being grateful for every little moment, every breath you take, every time you get out the bed and put your feet on the ground, just staying grateful and staying prayed up. It just puts you in all the right places, all the right rooms and in front of all the right people. Man, all strings are attached. Please share with the good people, Key, how your own hair journey began. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> so when I was a kid, geez, I was so tenderheaded. I mean, to the, I'm still tenderheaded. My my girls at the salon to tell you, whoever's doing my hair, it's like two of my girls I won't even go to it because I'm like, no, you're too heavy handed. You know what I'm saying? I'm just so tenderheaded. And I was raised by my great grandmother and she had no remorse whatsoever when it came to doing my hair. She just was rough. And I just was like, one day, I started practicing on my own hair like she ain't never touching my head again. Who the hell want to start every single morning on their way to school crying in between their grandmom legs because they just can't deal with the pain of getting their hair done? That is that is the t- most terrible energy to start the day off with. And, you know, I'm getting hit with the brush. She like, <laughs> cut, it out. cut it out. Be quiet. It don't hurt that bad. And it's like, I'm dying. Mama, please stop. You know, so yeah. <laughs> I had to like, take charge. And I had a neighbor who did hair and I used to sit there and watch her do her friend's hair. And she used to do my hair sometimes. And, you know, I just started watching and learning from watching her how to do hair. And then me and my friend Marquita, she lived right across the street from me. She moved in when I was around like 10, 11. Mm -hmm. And we started like planning each other's hair and she went to a vocational school for hair. So I learned stuff from her because I wanted to go to a vocational school, but I didn't get accepted. So I had to go to hair school when I finished high school. But I learned a lot from her and my friend Shay. She bought like the first time I ever had extensions. She brought this hair down to my house. And I'm like, what is this? We we just didn't know what to do with it. And we ended up putting our hair in ponytails and adding it. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest day of my life. I have long hair. You know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I was just so excited. So it's like, all the things I ever did is funny because I told you earlier, I'm like cleaning out my parents' house and I found like all the clothes. I used to make clothes. I used to do nails. I found my little dryers and my nail sets and people do toes and stuff. And I used to decorate people's homes. And it's like, out of all the things I've ever done, I just could never leave hair alone. It's my number one favorite thing. That's how my journey started. I literally started doing hair simply because I was tenderheaded and I didn't want my mom harassing me every morning anymore. (laughs) Yes. I remember, I think coming to you, pit like the hot comb and I was like sweating in my palms. I'm like, oh, I'm too tender hitter for the hot comb. Like, I, I don't know about this. You gotta get oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I mean, seriously. So when did you realize that this was the lane God had called you to be a blessing in? Like my mom always say, you can't have everyone in your hair because your crown is sacred. So therefore, mm. you're intentional with who you allow to touch. Yeah, you. yeah, absolutely. In every interview, I always tell them, like, I knew I had a gift when my baby dolls look better than everybody else's baby dolls on the block. That's how early I knew from Rip, like, this is just my thing. Like, I love doing hair. And I used to get in trouble because 
my friends on the block, I'd be like, let me just do your hair. Like I would be playing in their mm-hmm. hair. You know, that's a no-no growing yeah. up. Don't let nobody playing your hair. I'd be playing in everybody's hair, get in trouble or get them in trouble because I'd be playing in their hair. But after a while, it just start paying off. Like, Key, you want to do her hair? And I'd be like, yeah, you know. And mm-hmm. my first job from 13 to 18, I worked at a daycare center because my mom, she worked at daycares my whole life and then owned the daycare later on in life. And, you know, I just learned from her. She just was always into hair and makeup and stuff too. It excited me just to be around that type of stuff. And so when I worked at the daycare, people would pay me to do their children's hair during nap time. I would go to the people's house after work and do their kids' hair and they would pay me. And then next thing you know, I was doing hair in my mom and dad's basement. And it was just turning into a thing. So I started doing hair in the basement and going to hair school at the same time. And then it was this hair salon down the street from my house. And they always had like Benzes and Jags and Range Rovers parked out front. And I said, what is going on in there? Like they must do some good hair. I'm like, but more than that, they must get money. Like I want to work here. Mm -hmm. So one day I went down there to get my hair done just to see how good they did my hair. And they did my hair so nice. And while I was getting my hair done, the lady who owned the shop just started talking to me about you know, oh, you do hair? I'm like, yeah, I do great. And so I ended up, she's like, you need a job? And like literally gave me a job on the spot. Wow. So I would go to school in the daytime, to hair school in the daytime, and then go to work and do everybody's braids and twists and stuff. I was the braid girl for years. And then I just started doing wraps and curls and weaves and everything else. That's kind of how it all really began. And then I just kind of learned and pulled from everybody along my walk with hair and then just turned everything into my own. Wow, that's amazing. Were there Mm -hmm. ever times that you felt so discouraged that you thought about walking away from it? Like whether that was dealing with difficult clients? One really difficult client when I was like 18, 19, right in the beginning, I was like, why is she so? But I had to realize that she was very. I don't want to call her weird or strange, but she was. <laughs> but she was a little off, you know what I'm saying? And she, mm-hmm. she was definitely discouraging, but it was more so like, I just don't want to do her hair anymore. And even the lady who gave me the job, she would give all her difficult clients to me. She would be like, you guys should try Kiki. And I'm like, oh, why is she doing that? But it was cool because it gave me tough skin and it helped me understand that everybody's not going to be a breeze when they sit in the chair and everybody's not going to always be satisfied no matter how good of a hairstylist you feel like you are, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is just one of those things where you just you just go with the flow and you learn. And, and it's been the best experience. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Owning and maintaining your salon here in Philly to now doing here for celebrities, how are you able to align yourself in order to transition and get to the next level that God calls you to, especially in the hair industry? And what do it what did you have to do and what did it take? I always wanted to do celebrities simply because although hair was always good money, I never was fully in it for the money. I just was in it for the love. So what I ended up doing was I decided that if I if I could do celebrities, that meant that I could do one client and get the same amount of money I get for a week full of clients in the salon. And I felt like I could, you know, get a lot of opportunities and meet a lot of people and just like travel the world. And that's exactly what ended up happening. 
So me and my friend Fisa, we had decided together at the same time, like she always wanted to act and model and I always wanted to do hair for celebrities. And it was like, let's just put the pedal to the gas and try it. Mm -hmm. So we just started doing stuff like having photo shoots and all of that and going hard. And she would, she started doing acting classes and doing auditions and she would book modeling jobs, like smaller jobs, like stuff like forming mills and, Mm -hmm. you know, little stuff where she would take, and not little stuff because it was huge at the time. And it's huge for anybody who is booking these kind of jobs now because it's the beginning of you getting everything that you work for. Mm -hmm. But, you know, she would get jobs like that. And every time she got a job, I would make sure her hair was done before she went so that everybody could see the work and want to book me too. You know, that was how we did things and that, and it worked every time. And then one day she booked one life to live and our whole plan, just like we always did, we're going to make sure your hair is done when you go. And so we made sure her hair was done. Cause honestly on set, it's not for us. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a black show. It's not for us. That's a whole nother podcast, but <laughs> and so you know, I wanted to make sure her hair was done. I've been doing her hair for years already, so it's like we want to make sure that you look great when you show up. And we did that, and like it was a black makeup artist on set at One Life to Live, and she fell in love with Fisa's hair on like the first day. And I ended up working with them and doing shoots with the makeup artist, the head makeup artist for One Life to Live. And next thing you know, like all the celebrities she knew were like, well, who's doing your hair and who's who's around you doing your hair like this? It looks so good. And next thing you know, I'm working with Tika and, and I'm I'm just on the go. So it took off like wildfire is no different than word of mouth when you get your hair done at the salon. You know, sometimes you have to understand sometimes you you should work for free and sometimes you should you know, travel in the middle of the night to get to New York at six in the morning just so you can have an opportunity or be around certain people to network. Like, see, Philly, I'm raised in Philly, and Philly is one of those places where people think that you Joe, they think that you're doing too much if, or they think that you're just being too hype. But it's like, I'm willing to do whatever for my dream as long as it's not hurting me. People are, or and as long as it's not hurting other people. But it's like, I'm willing to grind hard and be up in the middle of the night and jumping on the Chinese bus for $12 to get where I'm going. And, you know, just to make sure that my dream comes true. And I have a really big problem with people just feeling like, Everybody should put you on. I hate when I hear when people are pissed off because somebody didn't put them on. It's like, you got to put yourself on. Like, you can't just come into the field expecting people to put you in position. Like, you can always be put in position, but the person that you're working for has to know that you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you're not a hard worker, it kind of doesn't make sense for me to try to put you in a room just like that. Like, you have to work for everything that you get. I'm always down to put people in opportunity if it's needed, but you still have to work hard for yourself. You have to put yourself on before anybody can do anything for you. It doesn't work like that. I I, I always say one of my favorite quotes in the whole world is everybody want to be Diddy, but nobody want to be Puff. Everybody see your result and where you are now and think that you just woke up right there and it doesn't work like that. You have to go to work. You have to bust your ass. Me right here, I worked in the salon. I would be at the shop nine o'clock in the morning till sometimes two, three in the morning. That was just my life. And I was okay with that. And granted, everybody's not that kind of person and that's okay. But 
if you want the type of results that I had and, and women who are like in the top tier of their field, you have to hustle as hard as we did. It's no shortcuts. Like you have to take the stairs. There is no elevators to it. You know, so that's the whole vibe for that. So that's how that's how I ended up like getting where I am. It's like nothing but hard work, determination. And you got to believe and have faith that God is going to put you where you want to be. But you have to meet him halfway because yeah. God already promised us that he'll do it. But you still got to work for it. You just can't ask for it and not work. Like you said, faith without works is dead. You know what I mean? You got to you pray for stuff, but you don't make any moves. That makes no sense. You have to do what you're supposed to do to meet God in the middle. That's so true. Like so many people, they know how to work hard for other people, but when it's time for you to work hard for yourself or going out your way for yourself, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't know how to do it. Yes, you do. If you can do it in that capacity, you can do it in a capacity for yourself. Right. Okay. So let's get into all things hair. We've all heard the term good hair. You even have a book about this and the misconceptions of it. Can you tell the good people what you consider good hair and what does it take to achieve good hair? So all hair is good hair. <laughs> That's the name of my book. Yeah, that is the name of my book. And it's crazy because I tried to start by doing this with adults first and adults didn't take to my movement so well. So I decided to start with the kids because, you know, with my background in early childhood education, I understand kids have to be taught stuff from rip. Like, you know, the Bible says train up a child in in the way that it should go. And when they get older, they will not depart from it. And although that is about religion, it still works for everything else, too. You know what I mean? Kids never forget what they learn. They never forget what happened to them. They just don't. So I decided to make a book about it for kids because they'll be the adults that are growing up teaching the next generation how good their hair is. People, I grew up in an era where if you were the light-skinned girl or the brown-skinned girl with the super silky hair or the super silky edges and the wavy, the natural baby hair is like Chili from TLC. That was considered good hair. It's like people still talk, oh, you got that good hair. Or good hair this, good hair that. And I, you know, I've lived my whole life wishing I had a totally different hair texture or a totally different hair type, not realizing how beautiful my hair was. I just found out a year ago how beautiful my natural coils truly are. You know, this is something that I'm just trying to push the agenda of because I'm late, but I'm also pretty much the middle child here. It's a bunch of people before us that already knew this and had it down. And, but it's also a whole bunch of people after me who don't know anything about it. So I feel like middle child, like on some J. Cole stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like middle child. And, and I want to get in a position where I help people understand. And trust me, I built my whole career off of silk presses. I am the person who always transform women's hair from being their natural texture to silk press without compromising their hair texture. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some people would say that I'm part of the problem, but at the end of the day, some people literally love to wear their hair straight and it is what it is. And also some people like options and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I love my bundles. I love my hair press. I love my natural curls. I love styles. I love braids. I I don't want to be, you know, and I don't want to say anybody who wears their hair the same all the time is boring because that's not fair because that's their preference. I get bored with hair if it's not a bunch of different styles a lot. I, I like to change up, but I do 
love to let people know that their hair is fine. I, I always talk to people and be like, you know, you should try, you should try one time. Like my trainer, for instance, her hair is beautiful. She has a beautiful texture. And she like, oh, I love your curls, boo, but I know my hair won't do that. And I'm like, your hair will do this. My friend Kara, she does hair. And I learned by starting to watch her make the transition of not only her client's hair, but then she changed her own hair. And I'm like, damn, like I want to try so bad, but I just don't think my hair will do this. And she would be like, I'm telling you, you'd be surprised until you, you know, try and find out. And I end up doing it. I let one of the stylists at my salon, Ashley, she got into natural hair care and she tried it on my hair and I've been in love ever since. You know, natural hair, it made it has made me a product junkie because I'm like, oh, I got to try this. Yes. Oh, this yes. curls. Let, let me see. Let me see. With the comment, oh, you got good hair. It, I try so hard not to get like frustrated because I just know people are just they're mm-hmm. not educated with it. So I try very gentle, even like with the babies I work with. I teach preschool now and I'm like, oh, I love getting here. Where the fro? Oh, Ariel going to wear yes. like yours. Yes. And I will come to work the next day with like half out and half in a bun. Like, see, yes. I like yours. Just yes. let them know like your hair is beautiful. Absolutely. So I'm all here for that. What do you love about doing hair and do you consider it work? I do consider it work now. For a long time, I never felt like I was working Um, now. To be honest, I'm kind of not over it, but I'm kind of past the whole being in the salon every day. I actually retired last year and I never really vocalized that publicly. Really? Um, but I retired from behind the chair. The only time I ever do hair is when I'm on the go for celebrities. And, you know, I lost my mom and dad pretty much the same year. Right. And so I haven't even really been doing my celebrity work like that either because I've just been so tied up with all the things that's going on at home. I'm in a position where I see what God is doing and YouTube has completely changed my life financially more than anything, more than the products, more than the salon, more than anything I've ever done. YouTube has, it turned hair into a gold mine for me. And, you know, I always mentally saw this gold mine, you know, mm-hmm. but YouTube was the fire. Okay. Oh, it was the fire. So anytime you see me doing hair or posting videos and all of that, now it's literally because I filmed for YouTube. That's the only time I really want to do hair now is if I'm filming. That's so dope, Kate. That's so dope. Right. I always wanted to get in a position where I was the one who decided when I wanted to do hair. I don't want to do hair because I wanted to stop doing hair because I needed to and only wanted to do hair when I want. Hmm. I worked 18 years to get to this point. So I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And I didn't have the kind of money that people thought I had until 2019. Right after the DMX challenge, my life just flipped. Mm. literally a month after my mom passed. So it's like, I look at it like my mom and dad are just like angels and they know everything that I wanted. And they got there and was like, all right, this is what we need to do. And it's like, I talked to them as much as I talked to God. And, and, you know, I talked to them so much that I apologize to God. Like, you know, God, I know that I'm talking to my mom and dad a lot. I hope it doesn't seem like I'm idolizing their being, but it's like, they know me and they know what I want just like you do. And it's like, I know they don't have the powers that you do, but I do believe they're sitting near him. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I talked to all three of them, God, my mom and my dad. I'm grateful for all that has happened. My, my mom and dad, I believe, are a big part of why I'm free. Yes. You know what? It's like a scripture in the Bible that says like, you know, 
they're a great clouds of witnesses. And I believe mm-hmm. that your mom and dad are those great clouds of witnesses. You know, mm-hmm. it, it reminds me of like the theme of the shot this year, like the highs and the lows, like although it was a low losing your parents, but the highest, how it was all turned around and where you're at financially, you know? So it was like yes. a blessing in disguise, like they're still blessing you. And then you yeah. receive it and still just be like, you know what? Taking it and accepting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. What does your creativity process look like? Where do you pull from in order to get inspired? You know what? I I pull from magazines. I pull from TV shows. I pull from my past. Like I am such a, I am such a, I'm so into like old school. Like old school is my thing. And like my ultimate inspiration for all my creativity is music. I mean, seriously, that's how the DMX challenge happened. I was on my way. Like I was doing a pop-up shop in LA and I'm driving to the salon and I'm listening to X. Cause this is, this is what I do. Like I, I listen to old music. Like, I mean, you might get in my car and hear anything from like crisscross you know what I'm saying? You, I mean, I'm listening to everything. I'm listening to Share My World, Mary J. Blige. Like, oh, I'm listening. I listen to Aaliyah and Jodeci. Like, they're brand new. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't. I'm. I'm so into old music. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm riding to the shop and I'm listening to DMX and it's like, what these bitches want from a nigga? And he's like going off. And I called my videographer at the time and I'm like, yo, like, I'm thinking. What if I do a video with like DMX, right? And we use what these bitches want. And every time he say a girl name, we take a different girl with a different hairstyle. And she's like, yo, I think that's dope. And then I'm like, I live in LA. I feel like I'm going to have to hire these women. I only know a good 10 friends in LA that I could use. And this fool didn't say 47 names. I Like, where am I find 47 women at? You know what I mean? I, I was like, am I going to hop? Am I going to rent a house and do it? And then I was like listening to the song again and just coming up with the visual. And I was like, yo, you know, it would be even crazier if I just made myself 47 different girls. You know what I'm, I'm like, that would be so much more powerful to the people if I made myself 47 girls instead of finding 47 different women and making them look who, how they look. This would be amazing. So. I mean, I soon decided, like, by the time I was on, like, number 12, I'm like, what the hell did I get myself into? I mean, I I locked myself in a room for four days, did all these hairstyles. Then I went to my friend Sunia, got my hair braided, and did, like, the last seven styles with the braids. And it was such a journey, but it was worth it because, I mean, my life changed after that. It literally changed. And, And I couldn't believe that something is far as just me having a creative spirit on my way to the salon that day turned into such a pandemonium moment mm-hmm. to the Holly Berry, Jada Pinkett, all of them did one. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like crazy. It's crazy. Action. If people introduce me to somebody, they'd be like, yeah, this is my friend Key. You know, she, she the one who invented the DMX challenge. And I'd be like, cracking up. Like, yo, are y'all kidding me right now? Like, you are introducing me to people as the person who started the DMX challenge. You know what, like, Key? It touched. I know for me, being a black girl from Philly, it's like, like you said, like, I just don't wear my hair natural, but I like, I love a good weave. I like a little braid. I like a little, you know, a little, mm-hmm. a little bang. So, like, when you did, 
did it, it was just like, ah, the <laughs> of being a black woman and you killed it. It's yes, I mean, I tell you I was tripping. I was like, yo, and I just kept doing Insta stories that day. Everybody was in my DM like, yo, why you got all these different hairstyles? I was like, yo, mind your business. I'm going to tell you in like three days. You know what I said? And I mean, it was just so fun. And I try to like match the girls' names to the personalities of, of every, I mean, I'm, I had, I was going through my closet. I was changing my shirt, my makeup, my jewelry, my hair, everything, every girl. You did the damn thing. You killed it. Like, I was just watching it, like, this week again. It was like, yo, Kay really did all of it. Yo, all of it. Tripping. <laughs> Tripping. That was amazing. So, mm, do you mm, have mm. any advice? I mean, you kind of, you touched on it for an up-and-coming hairstylist who aspires to do what you're doing. My advice is to work as hard as remotely possible Always, always, always remain a student. Always remain faithful and know that God will answer the prayers that you have for your career as long as you meet him halfway and stay patient. Mm, yes, stay patient. And mm-hmm. be a and learner of life. I literally been telling my mom all this week, like, mom, I'm telling myself school's about to start. Like, you got to remain a learner of life. Like, that's how we grow it's just needed. Right. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. What are your top three must haves as a stylist? Um, my serum, because serum is good because it knocks out the frizz if you're wearing something natural. And it also protects your hair from the heat if you're wearing it straight. A ponytail holder, because listen, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like wear them on my arm a lot because it's like, yo, anybody got a ponytail holder? That's like my middle name. Like, Anaki, do you have a ponytail holder, Taylor? Like, why <laughs> Why do you need ponytail holders so much? You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, <laughs> and I want to say edge control, but you want to know what I want to say about that? I know that edges are optional and everybody seems to really love edges, but they are not mandatory. So the thing is why I'm picking edge control at this moment is literally because even if you throw your hair in a ponytail and it's not fully right, if you just give yourself a cute little edge, mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel like you're done up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to just say that because even when my hair is not done, I'm going to want to throw a little edge in there to help me feel a little better. No, but no not mandatory. I want to say that edges are not mandatory. Okay. Because in a society right now, it's feeling like, girl, you ain't got no baby hairs. You need to create something. Yeah, like, come on, now. That is not cool. Like, edges are beautiful no matter if they are just brushed back or if they are swoopy. (laughs) So, you know, it's not mandatory, but I would like to have some edges, especially if my hair isn't done. If it's just in a ponytail or a bun. Like, right now, I got a little scoop ball bun in the back. (laughs) So... I like to have little edges and sometimes I like to like take a little piece off my sideburns and like let my natural curl be a little, you know, Shirley Temple vibe coil. Yeah. Right yeah, it's like Easter Sunday. Little, you know what I'm saying? So give a little, little coil vibes on the sideburns, you know? So. Okay. What are your top three don'ts when it comes to hair care? Okay. So heat damage. I see videos on YouTube where people are like going over the hair way too often Mm -hmm. with the flat iron. 
heat damage has got to go because if you're going to be able to have the options of having fun with your hair and keeping it the most healthy, even if you don't, even if you aren't an optional girl, if you want to keep your hair in the most healthy estate, try not to overdo it with the heat. Two, um, not to compare your hair to other people's hair. Mm-hmm. You know, I am such a stickler. For, I, I don't like that because it's hard. You know, when you see people with big fluffy curls, it's like, I wish my hair did that. I just harassed one of my hairstylists the other day because we were looking at a girl doing her hair. She's like, I wish my hair would do that. And it's like, no, <laughs> like, don't do that to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Just don't even do that to yourself. Of course, it's human to just wish that your hair could do certain things, especially if you got thinner hair or, mm-hmm. you know, some people's hair just don't do things like that, but you have to find the love within your hair. I didn't really start super loving my hair until like three, four years ago when I started my YouTube channel and I had to get more into what my hair could do to show the, you know, the YouTube world. Right. So, you know, I had to remember that, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, no matter what the situation is. You know what I mean? Hair is totally one of them. So I want everybody to stop comparing their hair to other people's hair and just try to find the love in your own hair. Yes. And three, also get out of the habit of saying good hair. There is everybody's hair is good hair, no matter the texture, the color, the vibe. Your hair is good. As long as it's healthy, work on getting your hair healthy and you will see definitely how good your hair truly is. You know, don't raise your kids with being like good hair, bad hair, calling their hair nappy out of a bad term. You know, at the end of the day, I don't know if nappy is a word that's going to go away, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like if we stop putting so much emphasis on the negative side of saying the word nappy, then it would just help everybody be kind of raised correctly in the mindset that their hair is great, you know, and, and just try different styles on you, you and your children. And it'll help you understand how beautiful. And I saw a meme the other day, no, a tweet that basically was like, I love how we were raised so many years thinking our hair was bad hair when our hair is basically the most sensitive, this, you know, of them all. It absorbs the sun, it absorbs the the water, it absorbs everything. And we have to take care of our hair to the point where we have to wrap it in silk and satin at night. Nobody has to do that. That's us. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, what's bad about that? Mm. That's this is some royalty, if you ask me. Okay. At the end of the day, just stop comparing and stop downplaying how beautiful our hair truly is. Yeah. So those are my three news. Yes, they're so great. You can't tell me got it. He not black because the way he okay. us. <laughs> Listen, the Bible said olive skin and hair of wool. Like that's yeah. us. That's like, that all of us. Yeah. Do you have any favorite products or brands that you absolutely love? Just to plug y'all. <laughs> <laughs> You know, everything by Deeper Than Hair, Sheer Genius Collection, period. Yeah. I I love everything there. I also love my friend Kira Ashley. She has a line um, and she has a mousse and a scalp um, treatment that is amazing. And also Aunt Jackie's. I've been using Aunt Jackie's products for my natural curls a lot. And it really works well for me. So those are my three favorite things that I've been using the most lately. 
I'm gonna have to try on Jackie's mom. One of my best friends told me, like, girl, you need to get to it. Because I was like, I remember using it before, but it left my hair too sticky. She's like, no, you gotta try it again. It's good. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try it. Listen, the curl la la is bae. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, it's bae. I love it so much. The key is, what I do is I put a little mousse in my hand. And this is the thing. When you do a cocktail with mousse and a curl pudding, mm-hmm. you have to kind of mix it together in your palm first to make sure that both of those, the ingredients of both of those products work well together because some products that get beady when you mix them together. Mm-hmm. So if you just put them in your hand and they cream together, it's perfect. And you take that and you mix that and put it in your hair. I do twist outs right now. That gives my hair the best form and the best mm-hmm. definition um i do twist outs for that and i put that in my twist outs and after you use the products make sure you blot all the extra product out because that's probably why you're ending up with it being sticky and a little bit of buildup because you're not blocking the extra product out of your hair before you let it dry okay you better come through with the tips king so blot it out use a microfiber towel too because you want to take the product out but you don't want to remove the moisture okay and then are do you sell those towels too i do it's called the honesty towel because it honestly does what it says (laughs) so so it it basically busts frizz it cuts your drying time in half and it leaves your hair with the moisture that it needs it takes out what it's supposed to and leaves it you know leaves in what it's supposed to so the honesty towel is perfect for that and it's the biggest one on the market for hair. Hmm. Y'all better cop up because I'm about to buy my whole family some like <laughs> now. <laughs> Period. Yes. Okay, good people. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you to the creative and fabulous King, owner of Deeper Than Hair Salon, as well as the hair care product Sheer Genius Collection. Thank you. Yes. This is me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for having me. This was such a good interview. I'm so glad you're here. I truly appreciate you. So, you know, you could tell everyone where they can find you, purchase your services and books. So all my educators out there, get the books for the class. Yes, get the books for the class. So you can get the book from authorhouse.com, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble. And then you can find all the products um, at deeperthanhair.com. And you can watch all the free education I'm giving y'all out on YouTube at Deeper Than Hair TV. Okay. Oh, I'm going to have to um, use my teacher discount at Barnes & Noble to get Yes, you better. better. Okay. Before we let you go, I have a free gift to give away. This gift is so good. I want to give it myself. Yes. But I won't do that because you must be a blessing in order to receive more blessings. Amen. So remember that, people. And anyway, to receive this this giveaway, you must do a couple things. You must first follow Good Food, Good People podcast on Instagram and follow Deeper Than Here on YouTube. Mm Mm-hmm. If you want to, you can follow So Share Genius on Instagram, okay? <laughs> we'll be blessed. Let's yes. tag three people under the post episode for all things here, and you must repost this episode that I know you're listening. I will then choose a winner and contact you personally. So please come chat with me. Tell me your hair journey or what products you love it under the post all things here. And I love me a new product. Y'all, I told you I'm a product junkie, so don't be stingy with the info. Share. Okay. <laughs> yes. Now, moving to my favorite part of the episode, food. And yes, you can eat good while you're clean eating. So don't 
you know, don't act funny. (laughs) I'm shouting out a Philly chef and also my good friend who does special catering and also occasional platter sales. You can find him on Instagram at I made this cooking. His food is so good, y'all. I remember when he started preparing our lunches while working at Imani and you talking about something good to eat while you dealing with all these kids. I was a little bit thicker than a snicker. Okay, I got <laughs> it was so good. So, you know, whenever he does platter specials, I'm always on it. So go check him out and let him know Good Food, Good People podcast sent you. And he also does private cooking for all your special occasions. And he better be listening to this interview too. Mm, right. So, Key, who you shouting out? One of my friends, he is, oh my God. I mean, he is a chef and now he's starting to be the chef to the stars and it's making me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Strike. Uh, he's a producer. He does a lot of my music for my YouTube channel and he is doing food. He's been cooking forever, but he's just being introduced to the world most recently. And he's amazing. And so his Instagram is Striker Eats. So I need everybody to check him out. Because he's just out of control with the food, okay? And I eat so healthy now that I can't even really go hard as I want to with his food um, because he definitely has some healthy options. And he's so great at like seafood and everything. And I don't even eat any of it anymore. So all of you guys, I just need y'all to indulge. You know what I'm saying? And he will do private catering and he's just, he's amazing. So follow him, Striker Eats. And then... Two of my clients, um, Madeira and Amira, their mom, her name is Atia Ola. And Atia Ola is a vegan chef. And she has a restaurant on 48th Street between Spruce and Pine in West Philly. And she does such healthy food. So I really wanted to shout her out too, because I can eat there and I can eat there all the time. My mom used to go every day. My mom was so into Atia Ola's dad, Atia Ola cooked for my mom's repast like she food for my mom you know what I mean because she respect her so much so I just wanted to shout out those two restaurants and well one restaurant and one chef because they just both mean so much to me and hold such a dear place in my heart and in my life so check both of them out Oh, I can't wait. I love a nice little vegan little spot to go. Yes, to check her out. And, and she does fish too. So you can get a, a salmon cheese steak if you want to. Like, it's serious around there. Okay. Scrum it's thing. a pescatarian vegan dream. Okay. <laughs> okay. With the flavor. It's got my mouth all watering up. <laughs> okay. Well, I heard it. Go check them out. Listen, we're just promoting black businesses and just saying black and proud, y'all. Mm-hmm. Remember, if you haven't already, please follow Good Food, Good People podcast on Instagram and be blessed, y'all. Remain intentional and always seek God before anything else. And mm-hmm. well, good people, eat good and surround yourself with good people. And remember to bring good and all the goodness there is home first. So see you next time. Happy eating and stay tuned. And thank you, King. Thank you. I'll see you. I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully we can do something again. Yes.